Alright guys, what is going on and welcome back to the Tipped Out Podcast. We have episode 25 here for you, covering all things pitching. Alright, so we have Brandon Palmer, myself, co-host Danny Christie from Danny Christie Golf. What's going on, Danny? How are you today? I'm good, Brandon. Uh, how was your day? Bro, incredible, man. It was pretty uh, simple. A little morning instruction, a little break in the afternoon for lunch, and then uh, some on-course instruction and... I got to play today, so it was a nice little scramble, walk through with the students, uh, myself and the director, just kind of really slow things down, talk through all the shots, and we both got to play, so it was, uh, it was a pretty impeccable day, brother. Did you uh, you show them who's boss or what? I did. It was, it was more of a learning day, a <laughs> learning curve out there. We, dude, we only played probably like five holes in like two hours. Like we talked so much just some really solid information and there was seven of us so that's cool seven shots and uh, a lot of talking in between kind of kind of slows things down but it was uh that's what it was for out there you know we have play days and we have uh like course and technical training so yeah yeah was kind of like a little playing lesson for the kids yeah yeah it's definitely. definitely what it is sweet. most of the time sweet my group it's like two days a week we're on course mm-hmm. and then the other days of the week the other uh five were or yeah with the other five were on uh on the range now is, so. is that is that run by you or is that uh like do you have one of the other guys with you as well yeah so it's a little bit of both so we have our director of instruction matt fields um that i'm basically shadowing but it all depends on how busy he is um, of course, I'm writing some plans up, and I'm I'm able to talk and instruct mm-hmm. uh, some of the juniors. Of course, I have on my own, but yeah, it's, it's really solid. I get to shadow uh, him, the other two instructors, when I can, and then it's just really, really solid amounts of information that I get to also take home. But yeah, just learn on the job incredible, as well. Incredible. So it's, it's it's cool, dude. It's a really happy with the experience so far, but looking forward to the next step also. Yeah, gotta be an incredible learning opportunity, especially. Um, so I actually was doing some just, you know, just bumping around the, uh, the, uh, old internet, bro. I don't know. I mean, I'm just out here Googling things for, uh, education, but, uh, do you guys know, like, do you guys use Sportsbox AI at, uh, at the Academy or have you heard of that? I have not heard of that. What's that? So it, dude, it's very, very cool. Um, Basically, it is something – first of all, it's not cheap. We'll say that. But uh, it's a subscription-based app, and it literally – you take a video of someone's swing with just your phone, take a video, then gives you a 3D model of the, the player yeah. and measures their body movement. So it measures the amount of rotation in their chest, their hips. I mean, it's going to be – I imagine it's going to be – it's really new, but it's going to be like next up yep. on, on what all the, the top instructors are using. Um, well, that's crazy because I mean we've seen we've seen a lot of guys. The um, I'm trying to think. Um, slip in my mind what the name is called, but it's a uh, it's just a, an instructional facility, and I've seen them use it. I mean, it's I don't think this is the right word, but is it body track? I mean, there's things like that. There's software out there, but it's it's the you got to have the laptops, you got to have all the cords. So that's incredible if it's just video. I, I would love to find how accurate that is compared to the ones that you know it looks like you're hooked up to an IV. <laughs> yeah, so that will be interesting. Um, according to which I, I mean, you know, you don't actually know, but according to the people that are 
like promoting it. So obviously it's going to be yep. good. Uh, they have, mm-hmm. I believe, I can't remember exactly what they said, but the things that they are measuring are correct, which they're not, they can't like do like hand and wrist stuff. Like they can't, but it's, it, it gets uh, upper body, shoulders, hips. I think that's about it. But honestly, what they were able to do with those two things is, uh, I mean, has a lot to do with, with your golf swing. So. hundred um, percent. That's cool. What's, what's the name of that? It's man? called sports box AI. Sports box AI. All right. Quick little plug for sports box AI. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> no, I don't think they need it from, <laughs> from us. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, that was a big, I, that was Mike Adams and Terry. It's not their thing, but they're, promoters of it and i stumbled upon it through following them but uh oh cool dude yeah i gotta check that out that's i need to find out what my own numbers are as you know me and my hips dude i get all caught up in the hips yeah um (laughs) anyway so i i would love to be able to use that i'm gonna just hit up everybody i know and say hey that has money right uh (laughs) like would you be interested in this might help you your swing. This for me. Yeah. Um, no, man. Let's uh, yeah, let's do some more research on that, and then we'll look into it, bro. I mean, who knows? They may even allow a, um, not an ambassadorship, but even if we could use it for a month and like do videos on it and kind of give it reviews. I mean, that's probably possible. So yeah. we'll uh, let's keep that in mind. For we can sure. reach out to them. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's jump into this, chief. So I I will just start out. All right, and I'm gonna go through how I would attack teaching someone the pitching setup quickly. Right. Um, yep. One of my favorite things to do is to teach someone uh, the bump and run, and then once I feel that they've mastered that or have become efficient in that area, I then add the pitch in because it's just basically a little bit harder, but it's also a little bit closer to a full swing. All good things yeah. if they can start to do that well. Well, then we're working towards probably even a better full swing, not only just better uh, short game. So 100%. the uh, the steps I take and the, the way I like to teach it is so we, everyone knows the bumper run setup. We're not going to go back through that. Okay, so yep. getting your bumper run setup in your mind. Now, when you're in that setup, I want you to take a step back away from the target with your trail foot. Not huge, just a little step, maybe like a foot width or two feet width. So that's going to be... So just widen your stance? What's that? Like widen your stance? Exactly. So you're going to... But you're going to do it by moving just your trail foot back. So that's going to put the ball more in the middle towards the front of your stance. And when you do that, your upper body is also going to move a little bit with it. And we're going to have... Naturally, that's going to take away a little bit more of that um, forward press. Um, the grip's going to be closer to even with the, the club head and moving straight down. Um, and then just going to maintain or change depending on where your grip is, make sure you've got like a weaker or more neutral grip. Um, that will help with the face. I mean, we want to hit it with an open face, so that's going to help you deliver an open face to the impact area. Um, and then last thing, which I would absolutely put on there. Uh, especially coming from you uh, that I'm learning. And that's definitely helped me a lot is making sure my shoulders are more level. I'm definitely Mm -hmm. me personally. I've developed a bad habit without even realizing it and was struggling with my chipping a little bit because my shoulders were getting on uneven. Um, And that is huge with the triangle structure. Um, And then from there, you're really able to go into your motion. I think. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more, man. And, 
If you guys want to learn more, like we said, we're not going to go over that bump and run. So our previous episode, episode 24, covers the motion of the bump and run. Uh, the one before that, I believe, covers the setup. Yeah, yeah. So back to it. Uh, the thing I want to touch on, Danny, that was beautiful. Um, I would love the fact of a weaker or a more neutral grip um, for a couple reasons, right? If it's a very short pitch, like you said, we're pretty much hitting it with an open face. Um, we can change our release based on how we want the ball to react. We won't get into that yet. Um, but the weaker neutral grip, I love for multiple reasons. Like you said, open face. And the second reason is you're allowed to go through impact um, with a little more authority, and you're not super worried about the ball just shooting dead left, right? We're not usually hitting a pitch shot um, that far. It's just a little bit higher. It's a little more loft, and basically it's a – um, condensed version of the full swing, like Danny said. Uh, and the next piece is the shoulder tilt. That's so crucial. So we haven't went over it yet, but our setup when we hit our mid irons, long irons, woods, all the way, of course, through driver, is we want a little bit of spine tilt, right? We want our trail shoulder lower. We want our hips. Uh, it's kind of tough to describe this with just audio, but we want our hips set a little bit forward. A um, little bump towards the target, and that also gets your shoulders set at a more inclined angle so that with driver, we can stay in that position, hit up on it. With the irons, it's based on ball position. If it's super far forward and you're maintaining your tilts, probably going to thin it, or you're really going to lunge at it and hit the like a pull cut, most likely. Uh, but now when we're getting into that pitch, the loft of the club and the angle at which we are hitting the ball is what gets it in the air. So we want the ball to spin. Most likely, more times than not, we want the ball to check and or even spin back if it's long enough and we have enough speed. So what we need for the ball to check and or spin is, one, a premium golf ball, um, a good lie, good clean grooves, and then, of course, proper strike. But also the big, big key is, is keeping the ball on the face as long as possible. So with that being said, back to the shoulders, if our shoulders are at that incline, Usually we're going to try and help the ball in the air or the club is going to bottom out too far behind the ball. The same thing with ball position. If ball position goes too far back. Most of the time you're going to hang back and then extend your arms, try and help it in the air, and you're going to chunk it. So put that ball position center and or even more forward and then work on keeping your knees in like a preset impact position still. Even though our stance is a little wider, yep. we don't need a whole lot of lower body um, for most of these shots. And then, of course, we're working on striking ball first and then catching a little divot after. And that's all based on the shoulders. You don't have to do much. My shaft is basically neutral. Hands are maybe just set left to my maybe my lead pocket at times. Knees or toes are open. I'm in that preset impact position, and it's back and through nice and smooth. Um, but, yeah, that's without getting into the motion of it all, that's that's my keys for a really setup. Is a good good ball ball position center maybe forward, the weak the neutral grip, the shoulders being um, level and or even descending. Right, we don't want to yeah. hit super super deep and take a and take a beaver tail out there on a pitch shot. But it all depends. I'd rather have you guys hit ball and then too much divot in front than hang back and try and hit a scoopy chunk. Definitely. So. 100%. One thing that uh, I like to uh, touch on too that I just forgot in, in the beginning here is it's very simple, but I, I, opening your club face 
is important for these shots, especially when we get into specialty shots. But even at the pitch, we probably are going to be hitting, you know, a couple with that face open. And when, the more that face opens, the more we just have to aim further left. Or I guess if you're a lefty, you'd have to aim right. But um, that's all you have to do to accommodate opening the face. Um, and then it's just important to note that when we open the face, we want to take our hands, take our, take our grip off the club. A lot of people will open it by twisting their hands, which isn't changing anything really. Um, it's really about the relationship of the club to your hand. So take your hands off, spin it open, then retake your grip at the desired openness. Yeah, 100%. And like Danny said, when we open that face um, and based on our setup, hopefully if we set up correct on these shorter little pitches and then of course um, depend on – the green situation, once again, I don't want to get too much into the release of it yet. Um, but our path is going to be more out to in in a positive manner. So for the ma- vast majority of golfers who slice it, this this should be an easy shot for you. I feel like golfers that tend to slice it, they, they change so much when it comes to pitching. Like their stance gets closed, their shoulders are closed, balls back, hands are forward, and they just hit this most steep punch, like from the inside even. And it's it's totally opposite from what they're used to. Like open up a little bit left, have your chest and your hips slightly open. And then you just allow the loft and the slight openness mixed with your path to be the perfect storm for these high soft pitch shots that just land too hot stop. Like that's, that's what we're looking for. It's simple. And um, it's really all about club selection too. So that's another thing I would say without getting into the motion is just, work on different clubs, right? Like I love hitting pitches with my pitching wedge. So, but other people like, you know, you can hit an eight iron, a nine iron. You can hit pitch shots with your 60. It just all depends on the, you know, the setting and what you need uh, for that ball to get up and down. But I really love that. And again, uh, this kind of goes back. I mean, this was the, the episode coming into this whole short game thing. I touched on this, but, these shots are fairly customizable within themselves without even going to a whole new say, Oh, I'm going to hit a lob shot. I mean, you're going to hit a lot of pitches with your 60 degree. If you want it to land soft, like softer. So, I mean, you can really in that order of operations, I mean, pitch, if you can't pitch, you're probably in a terrible spot. Like you, (laughs) you can, you're going to, once you've hit, once you've, uh, run out of the option to hit your bump and run. Now you've got to totally run out of the pitching option before I would say try to do anything crazy. Um, but. 100%, dude. Just trying to keep it as simple as possible. And that goes into course management. I, I cannot wait until we start doing the podcast on course management and just really, you know, playing around the course rather than getting beat up by it, right? So that, that goes right into hand. Like what we talked about today on course with our students, man, it was – uh, on the par five, had a good drive, and then it's all about a smart layup. So it's a very um, horizontal and thin green with bunkering all up the front right and then the back left. So there's a bailout area directly over the green, but then the woods are probably 15 yards long of that. So you almost have to like hit a good or a lucky shot, right? Um, so our layup was like a 180-yard layup. Uh, that was max, and then the, the shortest was like 140. So we tried to land it in the 155 zone, and then we had a perfect look to hit a pitch. Like we are directly 
in the full length of the green, and it was a middle right pin. So where we are now, all the way to the left, we're perfectly pin high, and the pin is in the back from where we're looking now. We all hit pitches within like 15 feet. It's just a simple, simple idea. And like Danny said, if you can't hit a pitch, you you short-sided yourself or you're in some trouble. And so that goes into either course management or just swing fundamentals. So don't worry, the uh, – the knowledge is coming for the full swing as well. We'll get there. But right now, it's all about that short game. Uh, yeah, and let's just jump right into motion then, and then we'll be wrapping this thing up. Um, I think I'm just going to go kind of broad here on these ones because, again, it's not a whole lot different than uh, the, the bump and run other than the, the motion gets longer. And one rule of thumb yep. that uh, I feel holds true is as that motion lengthens, your uh, wrist hinge kind of increases. I mean, the more, the, the bigger swing and the more power you need to put on that ball, the more we kind of have to start to lift the club up through a wrist mm-hmm. hinge, not a ton, just a yep. little bit. Um, and then typically again, when we make a bigger swing, we need a wider base to support that. That's why we've widened our stance and our overall arc of swing will increase. Um, and then getting into some things that you uh, can definitely touch on Brandon. We've got radius control, uh, creation, creating the width um, in this in mm-hmm. this uh, pitch, which also allows you to be shallower. I feel like a, a thing that people struggle with, I've struggled with recently, is getting too steep on my my pitches, um, and mm-hmm. that really bites you when you start to get tighter lies. Yep. So I'm gonna really let you does. go. Cool. Uh, so yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, like Danny said, it, this is a perfect segue into it. So the further length of swing you have, the more hinge you need. So the things I like to change about the swing, even for the same shot. So you can change length of swing, you can change speed of swing, and you can change club selection itself. So if I want to keep things super, super simple, I'm going to use less loft if the shot calls for it, if this is a front pin over a bunker, I'm not hitting a shot. But if the shot calls for it, I am using less loft so I can make a less hinged or longer or uh, yeah, shorter swing and also a simpler motion. So the further we get away in these pitches, like Danny said, we don't want our arms to run on, right? We don't want that triangle structure to be maintained when our hands get up to like rib high or shoulder high, right? Then that just looks super weird. That's one plane like Bryson. He's done it pretty good, but then again. Um, so what we he's really want to feel. <laughs> yeah, go get that money. So what we want to feel on these shorter shots, <coughs> the, hopefully based on club selection, the club head is going to be lower than your hands. So with that being said, the more, the further our arc, the longer our length of swing, like Danny said, the more hinge we need. When you start to hinge that club, that's where like mistakes come in, right? The more that club face and the club itself, your hands, everything get off plane or further away from the immediate plane right there, the more chances there are to be inside, over the top, shut, open. So that's why we like to simplify it with club selection. So the next piece I want to talk on, like Danny said, getting shallower. And I too, this is just a topic that I've done more research on recently. Um, because I had, I, for the longest time, I could not hit like a high, nice pitch with my 60, especially on like an uphill lie or a tight lie, which good golfers like to hit those shots that those are fun and 
I mean, we have them a lot of times. So with that being said, I too was getting way too steep. I was hinging really early and trying to almost hinge and rehinge to hit that high shot. But what I was neglecting was having more width in the swing, keeping the club head a little lower than the hands. So less hinge, right? When you keep the club head lower than the hands back and through, the loft is what gives you your height. The speed is what's going to give you your spin. And that length, not going up to like shoulder height or rib height, allowed me to keep that club head lower than the hands, which gives you a shallower, wider arc, right? So the club face is going to be square a lot longer because I'm more shallow. The steeper I am, the more direct angle it's going to be. And like Danny said, Sometimes we just almost stick that club in the ground because the angle's so sharp, myself included. So with the radius control, that's a great term to look up. There's a ton of videos on that as well. Um, but it's really just about keeping it simple and choosing the right club for the shorter shots. When it comes to uh, longer pitches, yeah, you're going to have to hinge it, right? You, we have to hinge in the full swing or else who knows where that ball is going. A lot of things will happen if we don't hinge. Most of the time it's based on grip and our grip's too palmy and we roll it and then we just leave the face wide open. We hit shanks, we hit slices, we thin it. So what we really want to work on with these pitches after we've got our solid setup, right? This, this means we've worked on our setup, we've done it in the mirror, we've talked with a professional about it. It's not just listening to this podcast once and now it's like time to hit flop shots, right? So we got to go through our setup, got our good setup. And now, Danny, how do you feel the origin of motion starts with the pitch shots? I would probably say still the uh, same way we've been teaching everybody the whole time, uh, similar to that of a putt, similar to that of a chip, that core shoulder area. Exactly. So nothing changes here, guys. It's We've talked about it. It's a, it's a longer bump and run, and it's a more condensed version of the full swing. It's like right in that sweet spot of – if you really want to kind of get good at both, you, pitches are where it's at. And also, you're going to have a lot of pitches out on the course just based on statistics and how everybody's hitting it and also how courses are set up, right? So it's just all about controlling your low point, right? And low point is where the club meets the ground. If And that's what we really want to do in our pre-shot routine and in our practice swings as well. Watch the pros. They don't do on a pitch shot. They're not doing a full swing wrapping the club around their body on a pitch. You see them have their weight on their front foot, and they're really focused on brushing the grass. You'll they're just, just bruising the top of the grass. You'll just hear that noise over and over again. Yep. I love – I love. I notice it most with Spieth because he's my favorite golfer, so, you know, I fanboy over him. Um, I really love what he's doing now, and you can see it in his practice swing. They rehearse what they're going to do before they do it. A lot of times the amateur golfer just gets up there and – they just make a practice swing because everyone makes a practice swing, right? But you have to have a practice swing with intent, especially with pitching. If it's a full swing, I take my first practice swing behind the ball is basically my my thought process or my feel, right? So maybe I'm working on my takeaway. I'm going to work on my hands moving to step one. I know we haven't covered steps yet, but moving to step one, I feel a little hinge and then low point. Now, swing two is more of a full swing where I kind of feel my release. And then I step up into the ball and there's no thoughts. But with pitching, bump and runs, or basically all short game, you're going to see pros take a lot more practice swings because they need to kind of understand what the relationship of 
club to ground contact is going to be. So it all depends on your geographic location and then basically what the ball is doing. Is it sitting up? Is it sitting down? Is it on top of long grass? You know, is it a plug fly? All these different things go into how many practice swings we need to make. And it's all until you feel comfortable. I love to make two practice swings that feel perfect for how I want to in terms of length, speed, and then ground contact. So this is something I would say definitely like practice away from the course. You know, it's such a tough topic. Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to say Palmer has just dropped a wealth of, of knowledge uh, in this area on, on me and everyone that will listen to this. Um, one thing I feel that I have kind of just learned and had like a mini epiphany of here is going back to talking about the length of the swing, when to hinge the wrist. I have a question for you, but I want to add something of my own in here quickly. Um, just because you're in a pitch setup, it, it doesn't mean you have to change the motion like we just talked about. I think it's really cool. I just realized this. I was like, you can hit a pitch with a bump and run type or a smaller type swing as long as your setup is correct. Your motion doesn't have to change. The setup is going to alter completely the uh, the outcome of that shot, which is something I feel like I learned at a young age and I've gotten away from recently that I need to, that I need to get back to, and I'll definitely be have improved yeah. uh, uh, pitching and chipping. Now, my question to you, Brandon, is, when do you guys teach to hinge the wrists in a pitch? Cool. So in a pitch, are you talking about like when it happens or maybe like the, the length of the shot? Cause it's so the length of the, like at what point in your swing would you start to have someone pick the club up through a wrist hinge? When your hands get to about hip or belt high, right about there. So we haven't talked about it yet. If you're look, if you're tuning in on YouTube, you'll get a quick tidbit um, with a video. Shirts untucked. Just got home from work. So what we're looking at is our step one. This is position step one in our takeaway. When our hands cover our trail shoe, this is my right side. It might be flipped on the camera, but when my hands cover the trail foot, that is step one. Let me actually grab a shorter object so I can make a backswing. So this is step one. This would be step 1.5. So if we're looking down the line here, here's one, here's 1.5. So my hands stay in as that club head gets out. And then step two is when your left arm is parallel and the club is in a total 90 degree uh, fashion here. So it's right at that midpoint, Danny. It's like, we call it 1.5. One starts to happen here at step 1.5. Then we go to two with shoulder turn, right? So step one is nothing other than my shoulders and my basically my forearms and hands moving. My hips do not turn at all. That's a big mistake I've made in the recent years, and it's messed my swing up a ton. So hands and shoulders move there, and still at step two, we've barely moved our hips. Our hips are going to move when we move our big muscles. So one, here we go to step 1.5. We start to vertically hinge the club. You can see my trail hand or my top hand, excuse me, is what's making that happen. It's a vertical hinge as I start to move my lead shoulder. The hinge and the shoulder work together. And then all I'm going to do, here's step two. I'm about maybe 40, 45 degrees back on my shoulder so far. That's halfway back. And all I'm going to do is turn my big muscles, basically my back and my lats. 
So I keep the same positioning here in my arms. Hands should be right in front of those shirt buttons. Nothing changes, right? This is the top of my swing. This is step three. So one, two here at, at parallel, 90 degree. And then three, nothing changes. I'm not lifting my arms. All I'm doing is making a tiny shoulder rotation with the big muscles. Now that's when you'll see the hips back a little bit. You can see the belt. Belt buckle is still inside my shoe. So many people, they turn and their belt buckles all the way back here. And we're just getting we're way outside of our means. So to go right into the next piece with that, Danny, hopefully that kind of answers your question. It's right at that midpoint between fully halfway back when your arm and the club are at 90 and your step one. And it's, it's kind of a very natural thing if your grip and setup are correct. Many people swing... Um, differently based on club face. Now, it depends what instructor you talk to, some, um, but everything's basically a compensation, right? We want to start with the root, which is grip, aim, and posture, which is basically all of setup. So if you set up correct, your grip is correct, right? And you know this far more than I do in terms of grip setups and matchups. If that hand, your trail hand is far more on top, it's more of an under and like a a pickup motion, right? If that hand is more under, your elbow can sit and turn within itself and it's like super flat, right? So it's just, it's all about finding your matchup based on getting with a good instructor and then basically just messing around with it. It was kind of a very lengthy uh, answer, but hopefully it answered Definitely, and that also tied into the full swing a little bit, which is cool because, I mean, that's kind of what we've talked about of how a pitch is a compact full swing. All these little motions we've learned uh, at, at the beginning around the green are going to have a big influence on our full swing. And if we can start to get these right, then we're going to be much better off uh, in ball striking in general as well. Yeah. So just before, before we close here, I want to touch on again, talking about the practice swings, right? Um, and the reason I was going to say it's so tough to kind of say, take more practice swings is because I'm not speaking to an individual right now. I'm speaking to hopefully the general masses. So you may already be taking 30 practice swings. And then if I tell you to take more, it's tough. So what I want to say is practice this away from the course a little bit. If you have questions, once again, guys, always reach out. But practice this away from the course. I don't want to piss off your playing members or your opponents when you're taking, you know, your 40th practice swing on a bump and run. So it's all about feeling the motion, understanding the lie, uh, and all the things we talked about, I think in the precursor to even before we jumped into the bump and run, we talked about yes. all the different shots and kind of when you would hit those. So it's crucial, man. Everything's very individual, but we all play off the same fundamentals, really. I, that's how I like to look at it. Like you got the fundamentals, you interpret it, you practice it. And, you know, if you're older, it's it's tougher to change everything. You know, if you played all your life with your own knowledge, no instruction, no coach, you know, no really high-level golf. You're playing with probably a lot of bad habits, but you've learned to play with them. Yeah. So for younger golfers, junior golfers, it's great to get them in instruction. At an early age, I wouldn't say super, super early. You know, keep them athletic. Um, have them play a lot of sports until it's time to kind of chop down so maybe one to go or two D1 games. and then, you know, make them focus up. Yeah. Um, D1 or D1, dude. Last thing for me, with these practice swings, I like to teach this. I think it's a great way to feel flow and rhythm and start to let the club head swing on its own. 
practice these in a fluid motion. So don't, I like to take them. If you watch the pros, they're going to do it too, especially on these short shots. That club's not going to stop moving the whole time. They're not going to take a practice swing, reset their body, ground the club, take it again, reset it. Like they let the club just, they get, it's just a feel thing. It's, I mean, I, I think it's huge. I go, if you got anything on that, go ahead. But no, that, that was it, bro. I didn't, I didn't touch on that. And that's crucial. It was in my mind, of course, but yeah, that was, that was very well said. It's, yeah, we're not talking about stepping behind the ball, picking your target, and going through your practice swing routine again. It's literally about being either slightly behind the ball, still facing the target, or being right next to the ball if that's you know where you're comfortable. Uh, make sure you're far enough away so you don't pull a Zach Johnson and hit a toe shank off the uh, T marker at the like Masters. Like twice he's done that. Now. Uh, yeah, well, it's crazy. He's at the Masters on that, but um, yeah. So that's really all it is, man. It's it's crucial they're finding their speed and their length and then the ground contact that's all in the fluidity of itself so if you stop and go stop and go that's that's where you're getting inconsistencies holy cow inconsistencies in terms of length speed and um you know like ground force and the last last piece i want to say is have a thought in mind so don't like we've, we've briefly touched on it do not do this blindly have your length and your speed and your ground contact in mind before you even get in there. Before we step into the shot, that's where we think. We're taking in all the elements. We're finding what club we want to hit. We're taking into account the green slope, all that. And then we step up, and now it's only really based on we've had our setup. Now it's on length, speed, and the ground force. A big thing I didn't do, I just – I don't think I was ever taught this. Danny's the one that kind of pointed it out to me years ago – I sent him a video when I was putting and it was on my like pre-shot routine was in there and I was making very short, choppy, fast putts or putt motions. And this was to a probably like a 15 or 20 foot putt. So it was just not the right practice swing. I was just doing a practice swing because that was my routine. I took three practice swings, but they, they had no thought or intention, right? They were just, nah, nah, nah. We don't want to do that, especially putting. We'll get into that more later. But have intent. Don't just go in there and make a full swing, like I said. Don't go in there and just just chop at the ground. Make the same speed and the same length that you want. Now, it goes a little too far, I think. I don't love swinging full bore when I'm trying to, like, tee off. If you look at Bryson, he, he swings like 130%, it looks like, because, I mean, his – his normal ball speed and the swing speed are almost the top professionals max. So it looks like he's really swinging hard and going to hurt his back, which who knows what the future holds for him. But would you agree, man? He like swings oh, yeah. all out yeah. in the practice swing. Like I, I just never thought thing. that. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Routines should be goal oriented. That's, I mean, that's pretty simple. Chew on that. That's our Amen. little quote Chew of the that. day. Routines should be goal oriented. Yep. What it feels like to chew five gum, baby. Hey, man. Let's <laughs> chew on. Uh, let's I chew will. on some food after we wrap this up. Yeah, indeed, I will as well, brother. So, <sighs> incredible, man. I, that I love that podcast. That was solid. Yeah. So, once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or you just want to connect with us, uh, go ahead and reach out to the Tipped Out Podcast. Is there an underscore in there? Uh just tipped out. Tipped out pot, tipped out uh, on Instagram. There might, there then, might be course, an underscore. It doesn't really matter. It'll be on the. It'll be in there. 
It'll be linked. You know where to find it. And then, of course, uh, my boy Danny Christie Golf on Instagram and then myself, balance underscore performance. So reach out, give us a follow, give us a shout, and uh, we'd love to talk to you guys. Check out your swing and see if you have any topics you'd like us to go over. So choo-choo, boy. On to the next one. See ya. <laughs> see ya, bud. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Peace and love. Contraband got that dope. Sometimes I don't feel alright. New girl on my face, she says she nigga, but that's why I don't feel alright. Catch me in the good mood, I just might. Stop talking, I'm breaking the bank. Yeah.